you stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? Today's scripture reading will be from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 7 through 14. That day, David first appointed Asaph and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgment he pronounced, you his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are on all the earth. This is God's word. Please be seated. You know, I really appreciated uh, Cody's story. I was a little vague. Uh, there's a short version of that story. And the short version goes like this. The uh, youth ministry stole the children's ministry's cookies. That's how that went down. But it is a story of grace and of forgiveness and compassion. And at times a little bit of payback. <laughs> Uh, before we, we, we go through this, uh, this time together, let's, let's ask God to bless us. Father, we're grateful for your presence in all of the stuff that we do. Because we endeavor, Father, and we strive and we, we seek to discern your presence leading us as a church with your gospel, with your mission, with your forgiveness, with your word, your spirit through your people to work to, to work the gospel into the hearts of people in this community and around the world. We pray, Father, for courage and for generosity. We, we pray, Father, for, for discernment and for knowledge and especially for wisdom. We, we pray, Father, for, for, for energy and enthusiasm when it comes to, to loving people who have yet to been to be blessed by the cross of your Son and the gospel and forgiveness and the hope of the resurrection. And so as we stand on the, the, the precipice of 2018, another year, <coughs> we pray, Father, that you will give us the eyes and the ears to understand your word and to see the doors that you open up before us and encouraged to walk through them, Father, for we know that there's not a moment, there's not a day, not a single second that your Son Jesus, who is not with us, as we do these things. And so bless us as we remember the past 365 days. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all the church said, Amen. As uh, stated before, this time every year we want to take a step back from the middle of the stampede that is basically our daily lives and all the things that we have to do with children and with work and marriages and relationships and, and ministries and all of the bills that need to be paid. We want to just step back for a min minute and we want to remember. And that's one of the things that the Bible encourages us to do over and over and over again. Because one of the reasons you remember, it, it reinforces, but, but it also means that you're not treating this as just a regular day. It's not just a, a, a regular moment or a regular exertion of energy. This is something that we do to honor God. This is something that we do to, to, to let the community know that this is what God is like. But it's also for us too, because when God, when we rub shoulders with God, 
That should not be something that is easily forgotten. When we rub shoulders with God, that is a significant moment in, in the life of any human being, but especially in His church. And so that's why the Bible encourages people to just step back and to remember, to remember His presence, to remember His Word, to, to remember His love, His compassion, his, his mighty deeds, His work within your life and the life of others to reveal Himself with power and majesty and love in His, his creation. And so David and others would say things like this in the Psalms. They would say, On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. The picture there is that you know, God is so real to David that even through the night, after a long day of being king, the thing that is upmost in his mind and in his thinking is he lays himself down to get the rest that, that God wants him to have, is to think about the presence of God. And how God has intersected his life, and how God has preserved him, how God has lifted up his head, how God has forgiven him. And when he begins to remember, he can't stop remembering, and it goes all night long. And you know what the result of that is? It's like God's presence is there, and he just sings in the shadow of God's presence. Psalm 77 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. What this psalmist is saying is that I've, I've, I have this, this action, this activity that happens throughout all the days, all the years of my life. And that is, I, I, I look for God. And I remember God. And I meditate on God. And I can remember the things that God did years ago and days ago as if they were yesterday. And this is what gives hope. And so we're going to remember for a couple of very important reasons this morning. The first is encouragement. It's really easy to forget with all the things that are going on here, the specifics. The specific ways that you were blessed by another person or by a ministry. Uh, the ways that... Uh, you, you might have been in trouble or you might have been in some pain or some suffering or some doubt or some, 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 some mental anguish and somehow God came in and alleviated that suffering or He helped you out or He brought people into your world or into your crisis and you're encouraged in remembering that because God is not far away. And that's an easy thing to do in the busyness of the stampede of the day is to get so focused on what we're doing that we, we become discouraged because we're just focused on that which is in front of us. And so we remember for encouragement. We remember for reinforcement. The remembering is to remind ourselves that this is who we are. This is who we are in God's eyes. This is what we do as disciples of Jesus of Nazareth. And most importantly, this is why we do it. Because God is love. And because love, because love is the blessing the world needs. But it's also a time of evaluation. You know, what are the things that we did well this year? And, and, and blessed people. And, and, and people came to know the gospel and came to know that transformation that happens in life only by God's hands. What is it that we can do better next year? And what are the areas that me, as a disciple of Jesus, need to improve or could do better in this next year? Where can I personally grow as a disciple of Jesus? So where do we begin with this kind of evaluation? We begin with our mission statement. 
It's loving God and it's loving people and it's changing the world. That mission statement describes what we believe that Christ has called his church to do in the world. In Matthew chapter 22, here is this, this fellow that comes up and says, you know, it's so confusing. A lot of these laws that you find in the Old Testament, Jesus, as a rabbi and as a teacher, can you tell us what it all, what, where's the spear point, the tip of the spear in this thing? What does it all boil down to? And Jesus says, and you know the words, you love God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. And a second is like it. You love your neighbor as yourself. All of that law, all of the prophets, all of that Torah in the Old Testament hangs on that. And then at the end of his ministry, as he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, he goes with his disciples to a, to a, to a hilltop, and he tells them that all authority has been, in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And because that's true, because that's so, I want you, he says to his disciples, I want you to go, I want you to make disciples of everyone, of all nations. Not just the people in Jerusalem, not just the people in South Judah or Northern Galilee, but the entire world. And you do this by, by uh, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You do it by teaching them to obey and to live a kind of life that I've commanded you to live. And know this, that you don't do any of this. You don't go anywhere in this world with this kind of a mission by yourself. The creator of the heavens and the earth are with you. And so from these two statements, we not only get the mission of the church defined, but also the areas that followers of Jesus are developed in their own life. The first is worship, to love God with all your heart, to look forward every Sunday to coming not just to be with friends, but to see how God is working in the lives not only of those that you're closest to, but in all of your brothers and sisters. And to worship God for the greatness of His presence. And to worship God for the greatness of His compassion, His mercy, the power that has come to bear in people's lives. And you see it every time we come together as a family. I believe you worship God every day. But there's something special about coming as the body of Christ and seeing the complete a more complete face of God in the way that he's worked in everybody's life. So we long and yearn every day to be together with the body of, of disciples to worship God. We love our neighbors through ministry and fellowship. You know, it used to be that uh, when, when I was growing up that, that uh, your, your uh, level of, of maturity as a disciple had to do with how many times you were in worship each month. But the older you get and the more that you press your mind into God's Word, you realize that it's more than that. It's worshiping God, but that worship of God transforms you in such a way that you want to be involved with other people that are like-minded in fellowship. You want to minister to people inside of the church and to help them to grow into the likeness of Jesus, which is what disciples do. And at the same time, you want to minister to people on the outside of, 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 of the church in a way that becomes an open door for them to know God through the gospel. You want to become like Christ by becoming his disciple and walking as he did. You want to reach out into all of the world to share the gospel, which are the greatest words because they change everything. And so we're going to look back for just a couple of minutes at, at the ways that God worked through this congregation in people's lives and, and into the community at large. So we begin with worship. 
you know, it's pretty easy for us to come a lot of times and we walk in and the building has the right lighting, the right temperature, the doors are open, the bathrooms are cleaned. And even when we come into this big room, this big auditorium, there, there's, there's lighting and there the slides. Can you imagine trying to push that button fast enough to keep up with, with me sometimes in a sermon? Or the, the, the deaf ministry and, and trying to sign. I mean, there's just so much that goes on. And I want us to be thankful uh, for Robert Hatcher, who is our deacon in charge of, of worship, along with, with Steve Linscombe, all of that AV crew. It's, it's Steve, it's the, the greatness of the Cobb brothers, Ethan and Grant. It's the two Jeffs, Jeff Marks and Jeff Hosman, Brody O'Brien, Brian Taylor, Kenny Burroughs, Tina Sanchez, Phil Pierce, Brandon Elliott, Alan Connors, Brad Roach, Gabriel Perez, and I especially want to thank all of their spouses who allow them to be up in that balcony while they sit on the pew without their spouse next to them. That is a ministry. Uh, we have great song leaders. I mean, think about the, the, the way that we lift up our voices to praise God. I mean, Ben Bailey, Jeff Glass, Brad Roach, Brandon Elliott, Shannon Weeks, Steve Swan, Bob Cunningham, David Rainey, working with all of the Mike Singers for, to, to help us and to lead us to worship God. We are the perfect instrument of worship. It is our heart and our soul, our mind and, and uh, our body that is captivated by the gospel in such a way that it just brims with joy and we sing those words out to God and these are the guys that lead us. And all of these people work hard for you to see God clearly when we come together for worship as a church family. And you know what? It's not just us. It's not just, worship does not just happen on Sunday mornings at 10.30 in this auditorium. What they're doing up there is, is, is a live stream. And many of you have, have been blessed by the live stream. Uh, you you want to be here, but for a lot of different reasons, you can't. It may, it may be health, it may be illness, it may be travels. For whatever reason, you cannot be here. And that live stream helps these brothers and sisters stay connected and to feel a part of us, which is incredibly important to them. And this is all going in. And in this auditorium on Sunday mornings during worship, we study the book of Ephesians. And we spend a lot of time thinking about how you can be a game changer by looking specifically for over the summer at, at Ephesians chapter 4. And we ended the year thinking about the life of Christ and how to think about Christ and what are the images that he gives us to think about him. One of the great blessings of being the minister of this church is opening the Word of God up to people week after week after week with folks that you love. With folks that you love and are in relationship with. And when I'm not here, you know, we're grateful for Barry and for Everett and for Norris and others who can do the preaching. I mentioned the deaf ministry earlier. I mean, what a, a, a blessing to, to have this ministry in our church with Kip and Debbie Cole and Nancy Simpson and others who, who are helping us to, to fellowship um, with, with uh, the deaf world. The, the Lockridges leading the greeters ministry as you come in. It's not just about being handed a bulletin. It's about being seen, really seen, and talked to and touched and somebody noticing you as you come into our auditorium. And Eddie Arbuckle and Larry Wojtasek and, and their crew taking care of communion to serve 750 people week in and week out. As we remember every week together the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. His sacrifice that makes all of this real. Brian Howe working with the ushers. I mean, there's more that we could talk about. I can't talk about everything. But I want us to move on to outreach. 
one of the easiest ministries for you to be a part of that teaches people the gospel is World Bible School. These are the correspondent courses that are sent throughout the world to all of these nations, most of them to remote places in the world from people who live in the Western uh, Hemisphere. Helps people not only in these foreign countries and in these other places like prison to hear the words of the gospel and are changed not only by the truth of the gospel and the reality of the gospel, but with hope that is threaded through the gospel. This last year, nearly 1,200 World Bible School lessons were sent out. Bibles uh, were sent out to all kinds of nations. 26 countries were touched by World Bible School and the teaching of the gospel just from this church alone. And that's with correspondence. And then we send people human beings, individuals themselves, to be a human presence in all of these different places. Uh, Margaret Hatcher and Elva Marquez went to Taiwan and to the Greater Taipei Church of Christ for, um, I think, the third or the fourth year in a row to teach the gospel through English Bible lessons. Uh, We sent a group of people to, to Honduras. They went to places like Don Lee and to El Paraiso and, uh, and other places. We had Roger and Joanna and jo- Joel, uh, Joel and Julia Davila. We had uh, uh, Gilbert and Michael Perez, Derek Daniels, Catherine Dooley uh, go to Honduras. We have Zach and Savannah Schaefer. Who, she, Savannah grew up in this church. And she and her husband dedicating themselves to going to Croatia for two years. Last Sunday was their last Sunday with us before they leave this next month. Mariah Richter is going to João Pessoa in Brazil in 2018 as well. I, I was blessed personally by your help to go back to Brazil in October to minister to more than 50 missionaries from all over Central and South America at the Connections Retreat just outside of Sao Paulo, Brazil. During that same month, we had our Missions Emphasis Sunday, and the theme of it was, was Go. Monty, Tunnel from, Mon, Monty Tuttle from Eastern European Missions talked about getting Bibles into the hands of people who lived at one time in the former Soviet Union. And we were also introduced to the San Luis team. Uh, these three couples that have spent a lot of years at the Northside Church, just up 281, uh, decided they wanted to go to San Luis. We were partnering, partnering with the Northside Church of Christ to send these three couples, along with a church in Kerrville, church in Austin, and one up near Amarillo, to send this team to San Luis, Brazil, a, a city, a big city, up in the northern part of that, of that nation. And that's one of the ways that we're doing it as, as missionaries. The, the children's ministry also has become a great door into the community. Seanette Brandt and Richard Shaw. 90 to 100 kids from the neighborhood around us coming to the doggy days of summer, that reading camp, and being introduced to, uh, uh, to reading and being helped to read and also being helped to understand what the gospel is all about. The fall festival in October, there were about 500 people that were present in, in our parking lot being blessed and ministered to, uh, back to school, doing the same thing, helping families that might need a little bit of help with the expenses of sending kids to school with all of those school supplies. We've completed our 15th year on the radio with those one-minute spots that you can get on the app and trying to help people to understand with, with all of the, the garbage that's out there at times that's being said about the church or about God or about the Christ or about the Bible or any of these kinds of things, helping people to understand that, that, that this is what God is all about, and this is what Christians are, are to be like when it comes to forgiving or to being generous in these kinds of things. At the end of, of uh, the year, this year, you know, we had our holiday harvest. 
550 families were served in this community. And God was blessed as these people were being blessed. Over $35,000 cash donated to bless these families who needed just a little bit of help at the end of the year. Operation Connect, trying to visit all of the, the, um, the, the visitors, the in-town visitors to our church and to make those connections and to start those relationships going. You, you saw all of the names of the people in those look-back slides a couple of minutes ago who experienced the new birth of baptism, of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, Sins being forgiven, a new family established, the family of God, and they're a part of that. You saw all of those names of those people that came to God this last year. This past June and December, our church was the site of the ACE graduation, the, um, the, the, the Academy of, Christian, uh, of Creative Education. For those kiddos that kind of struggle with a more traditional uh, school setting, uh, this was the, 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 the school that they would go to 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 get their diploma, their high school diploma. And at the end of December and also this last January, we had about six, 700 people, just people from the community who came into our auditorium to watch their kiddos get their high school diploma. But it's not just about worship and outreach. It's also about becoming like the Christ. It's about us personally being transformed, of being a different kind of a human being. In fact, being the kind of human being that we were always, always supposed to be. We began our year with the Insight Series that Doug uh, Brown and his adult team planned. We had John York from, from Lipscomb University, David Lipscomb University, uh, do a, a short three-day seminar on, or two-day seminar on Ephesians, which we studied in all of our adult Bible classes, March, April, and May. Uh, the Summer Series on Wednesday nights. I mean, ju it's just, it, if you want to be blessed in the middle of the week during the summer, make sure you're here. And, and hearing all of these speakers that Doug and his crew have invited in. This year it was the heart of the city. Lots of folks here to, to really make that an enjoyable experience with refreshments and the setup of the, uh, of the, of the fellowship hall. Our church is always heavily involved with kids. And so we had the summer camps. We had Camp Zenith with Lassen, Camp Cornerstone with Marvel. Uh, we did Family February. We're getting ready to do that again this next month. It was Follow My Leader. We have Sparked, where Seanette takes the children during the sermon time for a lesson that is age-appropriate for them. And all of those helpers that do that during our assemblies. You had cookies and, and carols, where all of the young children serve, learning to serve at a young age. Other people serving the senior adults each Christmas. And we couldn't even begin to talk about all the classes and all the opportunities to learn what the Bible says this year. Uh, the ladies' Bible class on Tuesday mornings. If you're a lady and, and you're looking for a Bible study and you have the time on Tuesday mornings, go to the ladies' Bible class. Uh, if you're a parent of young children, there are opportunities for you to learn how to, to do a great job of, of raising up these children, not only to be responsible with their life, but also to know and to love God. And so Richard teaches classes like the Dare to Discipline class. We've studied Genesis word by word by word. We had Financial Peace University, not only for people in our church, but outside of our church, to be blessed with stewardship and, and, and fiscal responsibility when it comes to their own finances. Uh, we have um, uh, Training Your Heart for Holiness, 
which is a discipleship course that at Everett Heisen teaches. Uh, you have uh, sometimes some video series, if you like the uh, video series, to be a part of the Ray Vonderland series. Videos on Philippians were shown this last year. There are just so many ways to be involved in depressing your mind into God's Word on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And the staff involved with informal counseling-type opportunities, not only for people inside of our church, but people in the community, from premarital counseling to marital counseling to family counseling to individual counseling, just serving people and, and, and helping them to understand what life looks like in light of the gospel of the Christ. And then ministry, the, the mental health and, and wellness issues continue to grow in its importance, not only in the world around us, but also is becoming a more and more important ministry of our church. You have NAMI that is run by Don and Carol Holland, getting ready to do some of that this next year. It's an opportunity for you to learn how people who are sort of caregivers to folks who are struggling with mental health, how you can do that. Uh, the Living Grace support groups that meet on, on Monday nights. You have Grief Share on, on Tuesday nights for people that are grieving to make sense of the world that is different now because of this grief and because of this loss that they've experienced. You've got Ed and Gray Biggers who are, are working with that. And not only inside of our church family are we dealing with those kinds of, of losses and ministering to people, but even outside of our church family with, with children who are in need of a safe place to live. And so we have places like Arms of Hope and the Cherokee Home for Children, Christian Home and Family Services in Abilene and other places that each month and each year we are contributing to provide this safe place for kiddos. Doug and his crew, they organize blood drives throughout the year. We're donating the blood, blood to people that we won't even recognize or know in this community, but blessing them because in a city this size, there's always a need because of accidents or because of illnesses or because of accidents. There's always a need for blood. And, and throughout the year, there's about three times a year that we donate blood to, to, the, blood, uh, to the blood bank. As you remember, disaster relief came at the end of the summer, beginning of the spring. Harvey came, devastated the coastal bend of Texas. We donated thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But it wasn't just enough for us to put you know, the dollars into the aid. We put skin in the game as well. Weekend crews continue going to the coast to help those, those cities affected by Harvey with recovery. Uh, the care cottage right across the street servicing uh, around 800 families each year. Over the past six months, uh, we've, we've opened the care cottage on Wednesday evenings to help those who work during the day but could use the blessing of the care cottage in their life. It's now available to them on Wednesday nights. Care sacks available every, every Sunday as, you come, as you're leaving this place. You can go by the station over here to my left, your right as you're leaving, and there are these little sacks with bottled water and, and food and things like that that you can give to homeless people. Uh, Cody and the youth ministers in San Antonio putting together the work camp year after year after year where area Church of Christ youth groups gather to paint through a three-day period about half a dozen homes in this, in this city. Uh, this past year, in a really significant way that's continued into 2017, our adopted elementary school, Oak Grove, has been blessed by people in this church family who in the presence of God and with the spirit of, of, of Jesus, that love and the compassion and patience and all of that, have become reading mentors and classroom helpers. And not only for the kiddos, but also for the, the teachers and the faculty there, the lunches 
that are provided for them at, at the beginning of this school year, 2017 um, fall school year, there was a prayer tree and you took a leaf off of that tree to pray for the name of one of those faculty or, or teachers of that Oak Grove school. We even donated shirts to build school spirit and to help them to begin to, to, to really, really be, um, uh, be encouraged to learn and to build community in that school. And we ended this year with our children's Christmas play over in the fellowship hall entitled, This is Jesus. You may not have known it. I was the donkey. The blind donkey. Didn't know where I was going. <laughs> and we're going to end with, with talking about fellowship. Man, Lennon and Monday. All those meals that they and their crew and their ministry have provided for people after or before funeral to say, listen, we love you. This is a tough time. And your family is around you right now and we want to provide food for you and, and to feed you and to allow you the time to be with family, to be encouraged, and, and to begin that grief process. The midweek at Mac Meals. I mean, if you're new to our church family, have never experienced that. On a Wednesday night, give it a whirl. We're not going to do it this Wednesday night. It'll pick up, pick up two Wednesdays from now. But we have people like Shannon Taylor and Melanie Matthews. Uh, Phil Brown got involved this year, and all of their work crews that on a Wednesday will come and fix the meals between our early bird class at 5.15, our 7 o'clock regular Bible classes, you can go to the fellowship hall and have a fantastic meal. And it's a time for fellowship. If you've got kids, you don't have to worry about feeding the kids. You don't even have to worry about uh, rounding them up. Just put them in the car, show up, and there's food for you. And it enhances the fellowship. We have cookouts during the summer. I, mean, I don't know how, how long John Skipworth has been doing this, but the men's prayer lunch in every second Tuesday of each month, the men's prayer breakfast every Thursday morning at 6.30, been going on for years and years and years and years. There are a group of men that get together every Thursday morning to pray for the things that are happening in our church family. And every person in this room right now has been prayed for. Do you know that? We have a time of getting out of the city as a church, a family retreat at the HEB camp out near Lakey, between Lakey and in the, sort of the Rock Springs area. The theme this year was still. It was a time for us to go out and just be us and to get to know each other. The 17th year in a row, we've done the praise and pie, the Tuesday night before Thanksgiving. And just thank God as a church for His presence, for His blessing, for His providence, and, and to thank Him for pecan pie. We, every year we have a ladies weekend we're going to have one coming up here pretty quick that Jacinth Spivey and her crew has been working on uh, one of the really significant events this year was that our youth minister and the world's greatest Dallas Cowboy fan Cody Spear turned 40 this year and we all celebrated that together and so just in closing let me say you know, our church is really really active in trying to bring glory to God and God has blessed us with open doors and has blessed us with, with opportunities to share the gospel and to show people what, what the faith, what the gospel, what the word of God, what the church is to be all about. When we do these year-end reviews, they're not about us putting our, 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 our thumbs in our shirts and saying, man, we're just great. Because you know as well as I know, we have a lot of warts. And there are a lot of areas for us to improve on and, and different areas for us to, to discover and experience in the future. But this is about recognizing that God is alive in our church. That God is not only alive in our church, but because He's alive in this church and other churches, He is alive in this community. And because of the greatness of the vision of life 
after life after death in the resurrection with God without any of the crime that gets committed in our neighborhoods and in our city and our counties. This morning, I went to visit before class Shane Libby. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, Shane's in the hospital. To, to, to think of a time when we're all together in a place where there are not those illnesses or those health crises, that there's not fear, that there's no meanness, bullying, a thing of the past, not even a distant memory. It's gone. But it's, it's, it's the people of God and the presence of God for all of eternity. And what all of that means in terms of its beauty and its majesty and its love and its compassion, we're just excited that God gets to use us in all of these ways to bless people who are created in the image of God. So, in closing... Get the church directory if you don't have it. And in that church directory, download it on your phone so that you have the faces of the members of this church, church family at your fingertips and pray for them every day. Get the, the church app so that you can listen to the sermons, you can listen to the classes, you can listen to the radio spots, you can get the push notifications, you can get the requests for help or for funds or for whatever. Get the church app. And let's begin pr- praying on New Year's Eve, that, that we will see God use this church in even more fantastic ways and greater ways to bless people, but also to bless his name and his presence in the world that he created. If you've been thinking this year that um, you'd like to change your life, and you'd like to do that by committing your life to God, you've heard what God has said to you personally through his word about your life and about what he offers in terms of relationship and love, his presence, all of that. And, and you've been thinking and struggling and thinking and struggling with the whole idea of committing yourself to him. Let me encourage you to do that today. To do it today. Confess that there is no other Lord in your life but the Christ. Confess that he's king, that you're not, that nobody else, that nothing else is, but that he is going to be your king. Now, that's a process of it becoming a reality, but that's the beginning point. There's nobody but God that's going to run my life, that's going to, Jesus, that's going to lead my life. And, 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 and to repent, which means whatever it is you're confessing, that's the direction you're going to go. You're going to change direction and go into the direction that, where God is. And to be baptized, which is a lot of things. It's aligning your life with the will of God. It's also participating in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It's about your sins being washed away and becoming a distant memory. And then it's about receiving God's Holy Spirit and living your life with that kind of power to become the human being you were always supposed to be. A person that becomes attractive because of love and compassion and mercy and poise and and sort of a buoyancy when it comes to troubled times and troubled waters. It, it's a person that is, is free to open their hands and to be generous with their things because God has become your treasure and there's nothing more beautiful or more precious that you could, could have in this entire life. And it's the one thing that can never be taken from you, the presence of God, His love, His reality. And at the end 
of this life, even though sometimes as a Christian, as a disciple, life doesn't get easier, sometimes it gets harder. We'll be honest about that. The life of a disciple is not an easy life, but it's a blessed life, and it's a significant life. It's a life with purpose, it's a life with a direction, and it's a life that's lived in a relationship with God, His presence all the time. And I want you to do that today. We're going to have some shepherds down here at the front. I know we've kind of gone long this morning, but if anybody here this morning would love, to like, would endeavor to give their life to Jesus this morning, we want you to come down and talk to these shepherds as we stand and praise God together. Time is filled with swift transition. Not a 